keys of the kingdom. Um, everywhere we go, we're supposed to be the head. We're supposed to rule. We're spo- and that's Genesis one twenty six, right? So be fruitful, multiply, fill. And I'm just speaking this prophetically over this house right now. Be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue. That's what the church needs to be doing, by the way, in this hour. And have dominion. What is dominion? The king's domain. King's domain, right? So that's kind of a part. I know that's kind of the part of the journey that we're going to be speaking into today. And like for, for what I just want to say right now is just like be released, like be released into your destiny, be released into the dreams of your heart. You have permission. The thing that God put in you, just take a baby step. You don't need to arrive. You don't need the yacht right now. Right. Or the hotel or the the mega church. You just need the next step. So that's what this whole weekend will be about. What's the next step? I'm going to bring you on that journey this morning, and we're calling it crossover. So you're here right now. The question is, where are you? Are you? Okay, let's let's rate ourselves. Uh, Let's rate ourselves emotionally. Uh, Where do you think you are right now? If we're to look at your life, evaluate yourself. It's not for me to evaluate you or judge you. But think about this for a second. Where are you right now uh, in terms of, of happiness? Let's happiness scale. Zero to ten. Zero, you're miserable. <laughs> you're not in hell, but you can see it from there. <laughs> ten is, whoo, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. Oh, my, what a wonderful day, right? right? So somewhere in between, you're there. All right, rate yourself right now and write it on a piece of paper. Where are you right now in your happiness scale? Noticed that somewhere on that scale, how about financially? Zero to 100. Thank you, sir. Zero to 100. No, I'm just kidding. Zero to 10. Let's go to zero to 10. Zero, financially, you're in the toilet. You're in debt over your head. You have no property. You have no buildings. You have no money. All right? You're going to rate yourself. 10 is you got too much money. You're looking for places to give it away. You're looking pl- Your problem is not having... You have too much, but you have to manage it. That's where your biggest issue right now. How do I manage all that wealth? All right, Johnny's there. Johnny's right now is just at a point where he has to manage all that wealth. How does he do that, right? All right, so are you ready for that? Okay, rate yourself and write it down. Financially, zero, meaning you're financially in the dump, all the way to 10, which is you have way too much money and resources. Ready? Go. The reason why is because if we're gonna, we want to go from here to there right? We want to, this is where we are now. We want to cross over. What's our promised land looking like? Number one, you have to be honest about where you are now. So if you're going to cross over into a promised land, what does that promised land look like? You can't go there if you can't see it. Then I've got to find other people that can help me get there. Moses couldn't bring me into the promised land. Joshua brought me in. So we're going to f- have to find out who our associations are. We're going to have to see what it looks like. What are the dreams and visions? So th- it's a big deal to go from here to there. Chances are, just in pure flesh, you're going you're gonna to continue to be here or go down. Unless you actively pursue crossing over. Does that make sense? So Holy Spirit, without your help, I can't do this. And with your help, they can't get it. So I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll empower me to transfer this to my friends in this room. Secondly, that they'll transfer it to their family members. It'll become a generational revelation. God, we want to cross over. We want to cross over. 
I'm just reminded of Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door of your life and I knock. If anyone will open the door, I'll come into them and sup with them. Lord, you're knocking, and this is for all of you right now. You're knocking for my future. You're calling me into my destiny. I'm going to cross that threshold. I'm going to go to the next level. I declare this in Jesus' name. Amen? I've not done this for anybody. I felt prophetically God say they're going to cross over. You got to give them the tools to do that. Done. Okay, so how many, how many, how many of you want to cross over into financial prosperity? Okay. Let's rate ourselves right now in relational health. I mean, relational health is, ma'am, your relationships. You've got too many friends. you got friends. you got people that love you. You love them. When you think about your relationships, you go, you know, I'm in, I, got, I got this, man. I'm in a great place. But zero is you're, you're living with um, uh, Satan's brother or sister. Or <laughs> you're not sure where your family comes from. They're all just from, the, from another area. <laughs> <laughs> 10 is, man, I've got the best relationships in the world. I, I, I'm like cheers. I'm just, just always in a happy place and always singing a song, and um, I'm in a good place. And um, Your pastors are very relational, and I think that's, that bleeds into the congregation. You guys, they're really, really good. I, I don't know how good you know you have it with these pastors. Now, I want to recruit them and, and plant another church in Hawaii or something or in Vegas or something like that. No, these people are, no, they're really, really good. They're really, that's why this building, God bless you, God, you have this building, but you've got to go to the next place. And that's one of the things I've had a gift for is I, I believe God for properties and buildings and silly things and planes now and stadium, got a stadium yesterday. So uh, that's kind of cool, right? Because the Bible says, second, please write this down, 2 Corinthians 3.8. It says, when you see him face to face, the veil is removed, and you go from glory to glory. We're not, we're not evaluating ourselves now to feel bad about ourselves. We're evaluating ourselves to be honest. Because if I am here, if I am here, what does that look like? Is it a five? Is it a three? Is it an eight? Because if I'm going to cross over... There's a lot of obstacles, but what I want to get to, I want to go to the abundant life, John 10, 10. I, I, need, I, I really believe that I'm supposed to live the abundant life. Now, I'm much older than a lot of you here, and so I'm, I'm able at a point right now where I'm able to go, all right, right now I'm just going to try to give everything away, and I'm just going to go wherever, and, and I could be here, but I'm going to go here, and I'm going to be with you guys in West Virginia. I, I, we didn't know each other. I just know kings, and I'm loyal to them, so I want to help, Right. But ultimately, I'm just here because I want to give it away. I want to transfer everything I got before I die. Make sense? So because I am in this area, but I've been living the promised land for so long, did I have obstacles? Yes. Sometimes was I drowning in the, in the rivers I was crossing? Yeah, tons. And, and, and that's normal. That's normal that we have fights, right? Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. When I got involved with a guy named Dr. Carson, and I decided, I felt imp impressed that God wanted to give me the keys of the kingdom, right? Now, the keys of the kingdom are interesting. Some people call them spheres. Some people call them kingdoms. Some people call them mountains. I'm just going to use the mountain analogy for right now. And 
what, what, what I realized is if he's going to give me the keys, I've got to be going for the kingdoms, the, the, the kingdoms of government, the kingdoms of law, social work, uh, humanitarian efforts, um, uh, finances, building, uh, industry, whatever it might be, that God could give me the keys of any one of those. The mountains, right? We talk about the mountains or the spheres of influence. Who's involved in the political process in America? And I saw the problems in Europe because I, I, I did like 14 years in Europe with John Maxwell. I'm telling you, I saw Europe go down the drain. When they dropped their borders, I go, what? I was there. One day, there was a border. Next time I traveled, I walk into this country. They didn't ask for my passport. I thought, that can't be good. Little did they know how foolish they were being because in comes this massive horde and they, had, they didn't have the same values as, as that area. I've seen Paris become a dump, and I love Paris, became a dump. I could tell you about the countries I've been to in cities that became dumps because the concept was, let's open our borders, welcome them in. You look at Sweden, the rape, rape, the rate of rapes have skyrocketed. Robberies have skyrocketed. And it's all because of bad policies. So I saw that happening. I thought, man, I need to get involved in the U.S. So I became an American citizen. I was a Canadian uh, because I want to vote. I want to get active. Not knowing that I was going into another principality in power. So I got involved in political process. Long story short, Dr. Carson's team said, would you be our state representative? I was the only pastor in the country that was a state representative for a presidential candidate. The only one. When they came to me, they said, Paul, we'd like you to be the state representative. I go, what's that? <laughs> and I found out usually it's really wealthy, powerful people that give like millions. And I go, well, don't you know I've been in America in six months? I'd only been in America in six months. I'm being asked to go to the top of the mountain for my state. State rep for Dr. Carson. Not a stupid person. Pretty smart guy. And so I... I said, I've only been here, been in America six months. He goes, we don't care. We want you to be involved in the process. I thought, yeah. And I traveled with him. I got to know him. It was awesome. And I got to know the who's who of my state. And I walked in there just as a brand new American being asked to go at the highest level. Then he drops out. And then we get a phone call from a guy named Donald. Donald wants to come to my church. I said, no, because I didn't like him. I didn't like his hair. I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like his tweets. There was really nothing I liked about him. And so I called. I said, nope, can't come to my church. All of a sudden, we get another phone call. Hey, he wants to come to the church. Nope. I'm thinking, I'm telling the guy he can't come to our church because <laughs> I didn't want to be political, right? And I didn't like him. And so finally, the third call was, hey, listen. And I said, well, listen, I'm fighting for school choice. I want to be able to help kids from the inner city get into good schools. School choices, they'll give you about 7,000, 7,500 towards a private education for inner city kids. <laughs> Drop the mic, that's a good one. If I can help kids get out of their bad schools and I can help them get into a good neighborhood, it helps them and with good teachers. And it's worth 7,500 a year. And hashtag, I had a school as well. I had a private school, so get them into our school. We'll change their lives. So long story short, they, um, they, uh, uh, the, the Trump team said, uh, yeah, he's for school choice. He'll support you. Because now I'm trying to change the mountain of education. See, I was going for government. Now I'm going for education. 
We have to strategically believe that if we're here right now, are we in bad shape? Yes. Educationally, are we in bad shape? Yeah, they don't even know what, what sex they are. There's 26 different versions of sex now. I didn't know that. I wish they told me that when I was a kid. Hey, Paul, you can be this, or you can be that right now, or you can identify as a termite, or, or you could identify as a chipmunk, or, or I would have identified as Superman or something like that. I mean, it's, our world has gone, whoa, 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 right? So I have to see where we are, where are we now, and how can we tackle these mountains, these fears of influence. It's dirty, it's hard. Most churches don't want to do it. Most Christians don't want to do it. We want to have a wonderful Sunday, maybe a nice Bible study, or maybe a nice cell group, which are all good things. We should do that. But those experiences should just empower us to go into the battlefield every week. Take over the schools. Take over the, the, the school system. Go and start influencing. We've abdicated. We've abdicated. We got a $5 million grant to help dads reconcile with their families. And um, during COVID, we were one of the only six programs in the whole country that was working. We managed to keep going during COVID. And they're all going, how do you do it? <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> Y'all still with me? Okay, so we're going to go through this systematically. All right, now we're going we're gonna to do something here because we're crossing over. I'm going to teach you in this day how to make friends and influence people. Your, your pastor yesterday said something. I, I just wrote it down. I said, influencers. So today we want to become influencers. So if you could write down the word influencers, we're going to influence the mountains of this world. I call them kingdoms. I wrote a book called The Keys of the Kingdom. I don't, I, we're sold out of those. But the concept is we're called to touch the kingdoms of this world. Revelation chapter 11, 15, the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdoms of my God. Ultimately, my job now is influence the kingdom. So one day when I stand before my father, I can say, yeah, I had an impact in the government. Yeah, I had an impact in, in crisis management going into bad situations. I went there after they killed 800,000 people. See, I'm telling you, if you just go, God, I'm willing to become part of the kingdom changers. I want to bring this kingdom to these kingdoms, right? Does that make sense, everybody? I want to change your paradigm right now. I want to have a good church. I want to have great buildings. I want Those are all important to empower you and the next generation, all these people that are coming. Everybody say, come on into our church. Come on in. Come on in. You don't believe it? Declare a matter and the Lord will establish it. Job 22, 22 18. Say it with me. Come on in. Come in. Isaiah says, north give up. South give up. East give up. We call them in from all around this region. When I got to Las Vegas, not the Bible Belt, I said, take a city, touch the world. People thought, you're arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'm declaring great things. And God will partner because I know it's going to bring him glory. And guess what? The city's ours. <laughs> when the shooting, who they call? They call us. They call me. We got involved. Everything bad happens, they would call us. Shootings, they call us. We go door to door with them. We send our team. I had a great, great team. So crossing over all right so how do we cross over in the book and, and you're going to be reading it crossing over you have to rewire your brain number one you've got to rewire your brain it's time to cross over and that, now we're going to we're going to base it on this scripture joshua chapter 1 verse 2 all right since we're going to cross over we're going to go into the word of god because we need the word it's living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword it says this moses my servant is that's a good beginning, right? 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Get ready. What does it say? Get ready. Cross the Jordan River, which we supposed to be, they were supposed to have done it 40 years prior. They had a 40-year delay, 40 years of failure. Lead these people into the land which I'm ready to hand over to them. So let, let's break this down a little bit. 40 years in the desert. Moses, my servant, is dead. Listen, the world right now, where we are as a, a society is not good. We are in massive crises. Potentially third world war type stuff. So if we talk about the river, we talk about where we are. This is now. This is... This is promised land, so PL. So we, we don't have to enumerate the problems, right? Turn to someone and say, tell them one problem going on in the world right now. Look at them and say, this is one problem that I can think of. Ready? Go. Tell them right now. What's that one problem? All right, let's shout it out. Give me a couple. Of, what's one problem going on in the world right now? Border. Yeah, border. War. Corruption. Corruption. Drugs. Did you know that, do you know that 107,000 people died last year of drug overdoses? 107. More than all the people killed in the Vietnam War. In one year, we lost 107,000. But no, no, it's more important to talk about that we can choose whatever our sexuality is or identify as whatever. I mean, you think about how corrupt our society is now and how... Um, disingenuous it is. It's just not reality at all. So we, we've got some, we've got, everybody say, we've got some problems. The world's going crazy, but I'm not. Say it with me. The world's going crazy, but I'm not. See, we've got to be careful what we say. We can't say, I'm going, they're driving me crazy. If they're driving you crazy, it's because you gave them the keys and you jumped in the car. So it's really important what we say. We're here, let's be honest about where we are, but we can't make death declarations over our life. The world is going crazy, but I'm not. I'm a man of God. So say it with me. All the ladies say, the world's going crazy, but I'm a woman of God. How about the men? The world's going crazy, but I'm a man of God. Ready? So we start declaring things. Heaven's always looking for something that, they can, that God is trying to agree with you on something. But we make death, death, death declarations. He goes, I can't agree with that. I'm never going to amount to anything. God doesn't agree with that. Who's going to agree with that? The Bible says where two or three agree. So what happens if you say things every day and the only one that can agree with you is the devil? Demonic powers. They're just waiting for you to say something stupid to agree with you. I'll never amount to anything. They go, yeah. And God's going, don't say that. The angels are going, don't say that. The Spirit's grieved because he's looking for you to declare great things. So I want you to say, we're going we're gonna to practice because it's so counter-culture. Even, unfortunately, in some churches, not yours because this is a healthy one, but a lot of unhealthy churches, they're taught not to say these things. I want you to all say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm gifted and anointed. I'm intelligent. I want all the men to say, I'm handsome and sexy. I want all the ladies to say, I'm beautiful. I'm going to be prosperous in every way. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. Every day you've got a war because someone's, your words, Bible says, are life and death. 
If you're always looking at yourself, I'm so fat, I'm so ugly, I'll never be happy, nothing ever goes my way, well, then the devil's saying, absolutely right, you are ugly, and nothing will go your way. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how it is. I've never heard anybody tell me this, what I'm telling you right now, that when I speak words of death, the devil and his dominions and his powers agree with me, and it makes his job easy. So I want to radically challenge your thinking right now. Because in Christian circles, we're all taught to go, no, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. I, I remember one gal at our church, she, she got up there. She played the piano like crazy. And then she sang like crazy. And I went up to her and I said, sister, that was beautiful. That was amazing. She goes, oh, no, it was all God. I look around. I said, what? She goes, yeah, it was all Jesus. I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't see Jesus up there. I thought you were there. Ready? Write yourself. Write it down, please, because this is a harsh reality. How well you, can you jog up a mountain? Can you? All right, now we're going to evaluate our souls. That's our thought life and our emotional life because they're hand in hand. So let's evaluate our soul, which is our emotional, our mental health. How well are we doing with that? Uh, zero being you're depressed, you're, you hate your body. You hate your future. You love God because spiritually you're pretty good, but emotionally you're not doing well right now. And you have trouble getting up in the morning and being productive. And uh, so somewhere between that and 10 being, you're like the Paul thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He was emotionally just a weapon. He was a weapon, man. He'd go to any town, take a beating, and he'd go, keep going. Paul was, you think of a warrior, think of 2 Corinthians 10. That was Paul. He was, he'd go in and argue with the smartest people in the, in the cities, and then he'd take a beating. The guy was just a legend. So think about that for a second. We're talking about your emotional health, which is your soul health, psuche. So ready? Evaluate yourself. Now, here's the next slide. Uh, obstacle. You are hardwired hard from an early age. The Bible says the sins of the father go down to three to four generations, but the mercies of God are forever. You're hardwired. Is it easy to change? No, because you're hardwired. I'm sure when you guys came into this building and renovated part of it, whew, you had to do some work, and it cost you money. Am I right? And effort because it was hardwired. This building was built in the 50s, I assume, and, and it was like, how do we change it? And how do we do this? And how do you do that? You're hardwired from an early age. So I'm going to introduce a concept that one day you'll thank me for it, perhaps today, perhaps Sunday, perhaps 20 years from now, going, when he taught us this principle, it radically helped me. And I've heard this said, it's my number one principle that God gave me years ago that I've taught around the world. It's called the VAT. Everybody say the VAT. The vat is um, your heart. Uh, people think, oh, the heart is just an organ. No, do you know that the psychologists right now, scientists are saying that your heart is your second brain. Did you know that? That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? And I always thought, well, that was, they were speaking figuratively, not literally, because we all know that the heart is just an organ. Well, but now they've discovered that the heart is actually your second brain. There, you've got probably millions of synapses in your brain. Do you know your brain is not hardwired? Your brain is actually Wi-Fi. 
So in your brain, there's hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of, of neurological connections, but none of them are connected. Literally, there's a gap between every one of your wires. Did you know that? And, and so you think something, it's sending a message to another, to another wire, neuron. And at the end of every neuron, something called a synapse, like a receiver sender. And so this just goes, I'm thinking I'm ugly. It hits this neuron and it affects my emotional life and I feel depressed and discouraged. I feel ugly because I just released it with my words. And it released chemicals. These, this Wi-Fi is electrical chemical. You ever had bi bad Wi-Fi in a building? Isn't that terrible? We have bad Wi-Fi in our brain because we send the wrong messages. Now, if you take drugs, hashtag, let's say just a simple one like marijuana. Marijuana has something called THC. And I was a big advocate to fight marijuana, the legalization of marijuana in my state. We lost, I lost. Because I told them, I said, look, I'm not talking about religious, a religious argument here. I'm talking about a psychological argument. Do you know that when you take marijuana, something starts accumulating on the ends of your wires, the ends of your senders, these synapses, and it's called THC. And it literally puts one film, a second film, a third film. That's why they call that drug dope. Because you become dumb. Because you're covering up your synapses. Did you know that? Now they start, articles are coming out now, now that this legalized in a lot of the states, they're coming up going, well, we realize that it's, it's actually maybe a gateway drug and uh, hashtag people get dumber, hashtag dope, when they take it. Y'all stay with me? You say, well, how do you know this stuff? Because I study, I read, I want my brain to be healthy. I want to be able to have these debates, taking every argument down, right? Didn't it say that in 2 Corinthians? I've got to, I want to be intellectually smart. I, I went back to my doctorate when I was in my 60s. <laughs> Who does this kind of stuff? I do, because I think we need to sharpen this, put more tools in our tool case to pull down arguments, to confront society, to bring... What does the Lord require of you, O man, but to love justice to do mercy and to walk humbly before your god right or wrong how do you do justice unless now i'm fighting i didn't know i'd be fighting for the sex trade thing i just got my buddy got the law passed who's the first person he calls he calls me he calls me who do you know that's been sex tractor i got a lot of people and this gal here is the queen of pulling them all together and getting them out you know how i felt i cried in our first meeting because they said, can you put together a meeting? Sure. So I had the head of this larger uh, sex fighting sex trade organization called Hookers for Jesus. True story. I'm with the, the founder of Hookers for Jesus and this fancy lawyer. And I start crying. So I'm thinking, all these girls are going to get three to $400,000. They are. They're going to go back to school. And the, the casinos are going to pay for all the damage they were complicit in. And I'm glad. And I'm ready for a fight. I'm going to fight for these gals. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we're empowered, we can change things. So one of our biggest enemies is this part here. And then we're going to go a couple minutes, take our last break before. And then in my third session, I'm going to ask Johnny. I'm going to ask him to share how he, he was raised as a, in the pastoral family. He was raised in the ministry. But somehow he was able to identify that his power and gifts were designed to take the kingdoms of this world. So these kingdoms, are, Maxwell calls them spheres. I call them kingdoms. Uh, Cunningham calls them mountains. You've heard the mountain concept. So, but I've called them kingdoms because there's more than seven mountains. 
and there's more biblical support for kingdoms. Um, it's all over the place. So what we want to do is we want to bring it down. So, so one of your biggest obstacles is your brain. Uh, your brain has, I call it the vat. Uh, the Bible calls it, uh, it calls it a couple things. It can call it your heart. The, your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? The Bible says. Uh, David said, create me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Why? Body, soul, and spirit. If I change my brain, if I change my soul, I'll change my emotions. I'll change my spirit. Sometimes we think it's a spiritual battle, but it's actually an emotional battle. Sometimes we think it's a spiritual battle. It's actually a physical battle. Sometimes we think it's an emotional battle, and it's actually someone has diabetes, and, and their emotions go up and down. They can't control it. Y'all stay with me? You're hardwired. So what happens is, so this is, call it what you want, your brain, your mind, uh, call it your heart, conceptually, brain one, brain two. So this fits in really well scientifically. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, that we see through a glass dimly. When I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, I spoke like a child, but now that I'm a man or an adult, now. But what happens is you are all hardwired. This vat of yours, they say, they say that your self-concept is largely formed by the age of three. Self-concept is how you see yourself. This is scientific stuff. This is the papers written about it. Your God concept or how you see God is largely formed by five years old. That's why Sunday school is so important. That's why getting your kids in school, praying for them at night. All these things are wiring your brain. Now, Johnny, I'm sure his parents prayed over him and taught him the Bible. He had a head start on me. I, I wasn't from a Christian family. <laughs> so obviously my vat was full, right? And so in our vat, our memories, our memory banks, and the memories in our heart, you ever get bad news and what do you do? Most of you don't grab your head. You grab your what? Your heart. You ever done that? <gasps> So-and-so died. <gasps> we grab our heart. Why? Because our second brain's there. That's a whole other scientific thing. All right. So where, where I'm going here is that we have a lot of memories. Memories that are surrounded or experiences that are surrounded with emotions. So if I were to draw maybe this way to help you more. So these, this is an event something happens to me or thoughts or teachings or indoctrinations and then from that there's a lot of emotion like a car accident or loss of a loved one so what happens is we've got a bunch of junk in our trunk we have a bunch of junk in there some of you have left johnny has less than i had because of my background so what happens, everything we experience now, we don't live with the facts of our life. So these are facts. That's what really happened. We live with the interpretation of the facts. So in other words, this circumstance, we immediately interpret what's going on in our life based on how the pre-wiring and all that first 20 years of our life or five years. We filter everything through our memories. These are all like filters. And it comes out distorted. The Bible says we don't live with the facts of our life. It says we see through a glass dimly. This is our glass. So you clean out your heart. Hashtag your brain. Hashtag your beliefs. Hashtag past traumas. And we spend some time cleaning it out. Now the crossover book does address some of this. The, the Game Changer book addresses more of it. Like when you go to boot camp, they don't give you a weapon off the bus. Okay, guys, here's an M16. Okay, there's a grenade launcher. 
Oh, here's the button for the nuclear weapon. They don't do that. They turn you into soldiers first. They change you before they give you the tools. So yesterday and today was all about us being transformed, right? Be trans Romans 12, 1 through 3, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I wanna, I'm initiating this thought. I'm not going to go too deep because I don't want to freak you out. However, David said, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit. He was saying, my emotions will affect my spirit. Sometimes we think it's an emotional battle, a spiritual battle. It's actually emotional. So, so today, what I want to start doing, I'm introducing this concept to you. Because I'm, I'm praying that every night, to get really practical, every night you'll throw out the garbage. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. There's an, do not let the sun go down on your anger, otherwise you'll give the devil a foothold. The Greek word for foothold is topography. Hashtag room in your brain. I want you to talk about the health. I want you to evaluate zero to 10, the health of your heart, brain, mind. Remember, it's all one, right? Now, if you think, man, I got so much garbage in there, things I was taught by, by that cult leader, or things that was taught by my dad that was an alcoholic, or my mama that used to beat me, or whatever. We got a lot of stuff there. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff there. And some of you don't have a lot. Like Johnny probably has none because he was raised in a perfect family with perfect Christian parents. And I've spent my life just kind of one layer at a time, and Holy Spirit, and helping me clean it out, and reinterpreting all my memories and getting healing at the altars and in counseling. So I've made it my life journey to keep, not only get my heart clean, but keep it clean. Every morning I get filled, every night I disperse. I forgive, I release, I let go. I, I let no anger, hurt, or bitterness stay in my heart overnight. Otherwise, I'm going to give the devil topography in my brain. If I do that, it'll actually become a, chem a chemical factory as well. Take every thought captive, 2 Corinthians 10, Romans 12, so that you will know, transformed your brain, your mind, so you'll know the perfect will of God. Pastor, I just want God to speak to me. He is. You may not be hearing him. Because your brain is a dirty filter. But dirty filters can ruin your life. You want to change your life? Change your brain. You change this? You clean it out? Holy cow! You're able to handle situations better. And you're actually able to find the will of God for your life. Does it make sense? Holy Spirit, without you, we can't do this. In a moment, we're, about, we're talking about crossing over. First, we've got to have our, make our mind up. We've got to change our thinking. We've got to take every thought captive. We've got to heal our hearts and our brains and get rid of the junk so that our filters are clear, clean. So Holy Spirit, we have a bold group of people, and we have a wonderful pastor and, and pastors who uh, made this free for these folks here today. That's a big deal. Bless them for it. That's a huge deal. And uh, I'm just telling you how much I love you. Just, I just release the spirit of revelation on, the, on everyone here. They're going to get it, and it's going to affect them in good ways. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.